Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for following and subscribing. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast for shining a light on bright ideas. Today, I can't even wait for you to meet the folks that eat good and do good. That's Simex and the CEO and co-owner, Lindsay Hickey, is on with us today. Lindsay, it's so great to have you on the podcast. Thanks, Justin. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I couldn't wait. I um, am so excited to talk to you and hear about your story. I mean, and this brand is awesome. Um, and I, gosh, and I, I would rush right into it, but we're going to hold off on that just for a moment. You got to share with our audience a little bit about you and your background before getting into the food business. Sure, absolutely. So I actually grew up somewhat in the food business. My dad actually started um, Simix and we had 15 retail stores. He started with a, a business partner back in, in the 70s and we had 15 retail stores in the Minneapolis Twin Cities market. And so I would, I dabbled in it when I was little of, you know, going to work with my dad on the Saturdays and, and kind of, you know, seeing it through that lens as I was growing up, but never, ever thought that um, this would kind of be my my path forward. So. <laughs> After um, I went to uh, college in, in the Twin Cities, uh, University of St. Thomas, and got a degree in marketing and entrepreneurship and went and worked for a large company after graduation. And I was working on a, a jewelry um, buying team and working with diamonds and gemstones. And, you know, to transition to me, it wasn't really my plan initially, um, but had just grown up in an entrepreneurial family, we're always talking business and <laughs> ideas and what can we do. And so just having a conversation with my dad one day about where Simix is going and, and well, what about cleaning up some of the products and, you know, how to expand the brand? And totally. He looked at me and said, well, why don't you just come on board and, and, and give it a go and, and put in some of these ideas? So <laughs> it's always easy to throw ideas at somebody when you don't have to be the right, one to when do you're it. not doing so it. Right. <laughs> I didn't realize I was signing up for that. Um, but I think, you know, as, as a lot of people who are in food know, once you kind of jump into it, it's it it, it grabs at your heart real quick. And I think totally. like, at least for me, becoming going into food, it's kind of my passion now. So I joined Simix um, and started on the marketing team and kind of jumped all around um, in the company. And so I went from marketing to sales, um, did our buying for a long time, and then bought into the business in 2010. So as all Got of it. that was happening prior to me joining um, our retail stores, they began to close down our retail stores and shift the business model from a specialty retailer selling only our own branded products to a CPG brand. So we're in the Twin Cities, a lot of snow outside. Our consumers love their products, but they said, you know, I have three kids in the car. Don't make me make <laughs> right. an extra stop to right. get your products. Just bring them to me where I'm already shopping. So that kind of started that evolution. And then when I came on, I kind of carried it forward. So that was kind of the my intro into, into food from that standpoint. Got it. So when you joined in 2010, did you know you were going to be on the path to be the CEO and therefore move between departments and areas of the business? Or no. was it, hey, I'm just here to try it out and see how it's going and see if I can help? Like, what did that look like? Yeah. No, definitely not, not the plan at all. Uh, <laughs> you know, grateful that that is the path. Um, and it's been a, a fun journey. But um, no, we've always had a rule too in the family business where, you know, you had to work outside of the family business for you know, oh, a certain good. amount of time before you could come into the family business. Um, 
and none of my other siblings were, I don't know, smart enough or crazy enough to, <laughs> or not <laughs> to, do to it. get into <laughs> it. So I'm, I'm the only one, but, wow. um, you know, it was, it was really neat to be able to establish it as a second generation family owned company. And, um, you know, sort of by us as a women owned business and totally. really lean into that, to that oh. path of where we were going. Yeah, for those who don't know Simex, uh, leading frozen food brand out there in the market, you might know them for their different types of lasagna and meatballs. We're going to dive into those in a moment. Um, so when you joined, so g- give us a little history of the company from a product perspective. So like, did it start off with one or two of these products or a, a set of like, what did it look like? And then how has it evolved over time? Yeah, great question. So we're unique in the sense that we were a retailer selling our own products. And so as a retailer, we had a wide assortment of SKUs that we all had co-manufactured under our brand name. So we were selling anything in our retail stores from steaks and and seafood to um, our carrot cakes or French toast. It was just a a wide array of products. And um, when I came to the company, we still had kind of a disjointed strategy from a product standpoint because we had these these favorite products, but we began selling in the meat department and you're not going to go find your French toast sticks in the meat department. So it was a major shift from that standpoint. Um, So, and and obviously it's expensive to launch with a lot of SKUs in in retail. So we, um, my biggest first step, I would say, once I became um, president of the company was to really look at our, our products and look at our product strategy. And, you know, we drew a line in the sand and we said, let's not be everything to everyone. Let's just do a few things, but let's just do them exceptionally well. Sure. Let's just knock it out of the park. Um, and that's where we really brought down our assortment to really focus on our frozen entrees and our frozen meatballs. Got it. And yeah, I mean, it looks amazing. I love the packaging. Um, as you did that, was it based on like metrics and numbers? Things were selling better than others, or was it more operationally easy to focus on a fewer SKUs? What did that look like? Completely by the numbers. Um, and it was hard because, you know. I bet you love some of these like items you had to cut, right? I mean, that's the worst part. <laughs> Totally do. There's some products I'm still missing and craving on, but um, <laughs> you know, we maybe someday we'll we'll get back our cheesy potatoes that people have people calling for all the time. Oh my um, god, that sounds well, amazing. Someday, <laughs> uh, but really looking at categories that we can be the market leader in. So, you know, our distribution at that point was just, you know, the greater Twin Cities market for the most part, and we were outselling all of our competitors combined. So we had, you know. 60, 70% market share in our meatballs wow. and market leader in our entrees. And so for us being this, you know, smaller company out of there to outsell, you know, the the larger national brands, that's really where we said, let's just be really focused on those categories and, and let's make them better. Let's let's remove anything artificial from them, our, all the artificial colors, flavors, preservatives. Let's just make them the best we can be and, and grow from there. So that's really why we picked those two. Very, very cool. And nice to have that that leadership in those categories. So talk about um, the production process. And I'm, I'm guessing you guys have been at a location and the geography there. I mean, and we'll talk about what that looks like, what it looked like maybe when you got there early days and what it is now as you've grown. Yeah, we use co-manufacturers for our products. Um, and so we've had a few different partners over the years, um, depending on the category, but aligning yourself with an exceptional co-man for our size of business, especially is so critical. And that's been something that, 
you know, has allowed us to be as successful as we are is those partnerships that we have with our with our co-manufacturers. So we have gone through a couple transitions from when I started until where we are now um, from switching that out. But on our meatballs, for example, we've been with the same the same partner for, since the beginning. So we've it's really been fun to grow with them and and to know that their commitment to quality and food safety and they're experts in it. And so, you know, having that is is been a critical piece for our growth. Wow, pretty interesting. Um, and then, how do you think about in terms of your market or reach? Like you, you mentioned, Twin Cities area. What about more broadly? You know, other geographies or even direct to consumer or retail stores that are not in that geo. What does that look like as you've thought about growth? Yeah, so we've expanded over the last few years um, pretty significantly. So we're in about. 2,800 locations today, um, and we expand through the Midwest down to the Southeast and up to the Northeast. So we've launched with retailers like Food Lion and our uh, meatballs and with other, we're with Target regionally and Walmart regionally and, and here's Cedar and um, Unify and Complutes in our market. And so um, we've continued to expand and, and, and we're a, still a small challenging brand yeah. business, but, um, and we're completely self-funded. So we take a really strategic approach to our growth and, you know, getting it in the door is one thing. And, you know, a lot of people can make that first sale. Right. But you got to make sure it sells. Getting, <laughs> getting it off the shelf is like where it's at. Totally. So that's where, um, you know, we, we really approach growth from a strategic way to make sure that we're launching with retailers where that, that fit our model, their consumer sure. fits our model and that it's going to be a success story. Yeah, I can see that. And then uh, how about on the marketing side Have you had to do, uh, obviously you had word of mouth, I would say early days in growing this brand, especially locally. What about more broadly? Are you, are you looking at leveraging uh, marketing in a new and different way to get new trial? Yeah, we just went through a actual, um, a big rebrand here in the last few months. And, you know, when we look at our packaging, it's our biggest advertising spend, really, sure. um, our cost of all of our packaging. So making sure that our packaging you know, looked as good as our products taste and communicate the right message was a key piece for us. Because as we began to expand, gaining that trial is so critical. Totally. And so you can spend all the money on it, but if you don't look good on shelf, no one's going to buy it. Right. Uh, and then they're <laughs> never going to buy it again if you don't taste amazing. So that's kind yeah. of the, our process. So yeah, we do a lot on, on the digital space and, you know, the last year and a half or two years now is shaking everything's up as, as everyone knows. And so looking at how to reach the consumer in different ways, where they're shopping, shopping habits are so different now, and just making sure that we're relevant where our consumers are shopping when they want to purchase our product and that we're visible there. That makes sense. So talk about your your different types of lasagna and meatballs. Give our, our audience a sense for top, you know, your top sellers and, and whatnot. Yeah, our, our tried and true meat lasagna is, is our is our top lasagna selling um, skew. Our entrees are all made fresh in the, um, in-house. So our pasta is made fresh. All the components are made fresh. I could take our recipe and make it in my kitchen. Um, and that's <laughs> nice. really what we're striving to do is make sure that we're producing products that have quality ingredients that taste really good, but that aren't, they don't give you that guilt feeling. So I'm a, I'm a busy mom. I get the dinner struggle where it's the worst question of the day. What do you want to make for dinner? And <laughs> we're here to solve that and try to alleviate that pain point for people at the end of a long day. And so to come up with these products that you know consumers can feed themselves, their families, their friends, whatever their dinner time looks like, where you can have that 
no guilt feel where you don't feel like you gave in or, or you sure. kind of failed at the dinner hour. So um, our meat lasagna, we also have a vegetable lasagna and we launched this year an Italiano lasagna that has beef and pork and fresh made ricotta cheese in it. It's my new favorite entree of the month um, that we <laughs> nice. have and um, a baked CD as well with a vodka sauce. Um, and then on our meatball side, we have um, all the meatballs are either all beef or all turkey. So we're not mixing. Um, and we have a few different varieties there from an original to Italian. We have a jumbo and then we have a, a gluten-free turkey, which is a, a cult favorite, um, quickly becoming that as we've been expanding. Interesting. So lots of fun recipes on, online. You see with that. Yeah. Well. I love the packaging. I love the colors. Like whoever did this nice job. Um, yeah, really, um, it makes it stand out and like it's obvious. It's almost obvious what it is, even though you don't even read the label. You know what I mean? That's the goal. <laughs> That's the goal. From where, we, from where we were to where we are, I've got to give a, a huge shout out to Interact Brands who worked with us on this um, redesign. They just did an incredible job. So it's, it's really, been really cool. a fun process. So, And we also did launch a, a kids line um, I see of that. mini meatballs. So that's been a new addition for us here in the last few months as well. Um, smaller meatballs, cleaner ingredients, just a kind of a, a fun take on it for kids. Wow. Now talk about um, Route to Market. So you're producing and with co-packers. And how are you getting product to retail warehouses and, and whatnot? Yeah, so we have a couple different methods. So we're either doing LTL, which is a little more challenging, especially in this environment um, with with freight and where everything's at. Um, and then we also use some consolidator warehouses. So um, those are kind of our, our two paths. We try to not handle it as much as we possibly have right, to and getting it straight to is, <laughs> is always the goal. Um, but sometimes, especially servicing some of our more local customers, we have to make an extra little stop and bring it back into a second very DC. Oh, that's cool. I love that. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's the biggest challenge. I mean, everyone's dealing with logistics distribution um, challenges right now or, or expense, right? That's a little higher than normal. Right. Um, right. As you think about the next six to twelve months, and you're here, you are growing this brand, and you know you've rebranded and you're expanding. What, what does that look like? What are the keys for you and the company to uh, continue on this growth path? Yeah, so we're excited about the future. One thing we haven't really touched on is our mission. So we are a mission-based brand, and we're committed to truly. It sounds super cliche, but we really believe in using our business as a force of good and really making a greater impact and leaving the place better, this world better than, than the way we found it. And so um, our hunger initiative, we donate a meal to the local community for every product purchase. So we just surpassed 5.7 million meals donated to date. That's at the amazing. End of last year. I mean, that's amazing. We're really excited about that. It's it's sad that it's only a drop in the bucket compared to the need, but we're getting there one drop at a time. Um and just having that local approach. So when we had our retail stores, we were very close with our community where of, of the people buying our products and the community where our products were sold. And as you expand, it's hard to keep that bond with the community or with the community as you go into new markets and new channels. And so our one gives one program really allows us to take a hyper local approach to fighting the issue of hunger where our products are being sold and doing it with our consumers. So continuing to grow on that on that program is, is really important for us. Um, 
And yeah. same with our our, our plastic um, neutral promise. So we also are committed to a net zero plastic footprint for all of our packaging. So for every product purchase, we fund the removal of the same amount of plastic from the environment. So continuing to raise our own bar and making sure that what we're doing delivers first and foremost on quality products that people are going to love, but also that kind of extend beyond the table and has a greater impact around. Yeah, I saw that the plastic neutral promise. Um, really, really cool. And then I saw your partnership with Feeding America. I've done a lot of work with them. And that's, I mean, that's amazing. What, 5,011,765 plus meals donated and counting. I mean, it's incredible. Um, such a cool brand. Like, you know, like I said, you're, you're growing. You've got great stretch and runway in front of you. And then you've got this great impact you're making too. It's really cool. And it makes it probably more, almost more enjoyable for you, right? And in terms of the business, it's not just getting more store shelves, you know, more space on store shelves. Right. Absolutely. Um, Well, I'd love to ask our guests about some of their biggest lessons learned. It's interesting, you know, you came into the business, I guess, 10 years ago, and then you've been, you've, you've put your fingerprint on it, um, especially of late. But we have a lot of entrepreneurs listening that are thinking of launching a brand or are launching a brand or in process, uh, you know, somewhere along the path. Um, you've had a lot of great experiences. What would be two or three pieces of advice you'd offer to them when you think back over either your leadership um, experience or the entrepreneurship side of things? Yeah, I think one of our, our biggest things at Simics is leading with data. So never undervaluing the power, the importance of it. And it can get really expensive in this space. but it's also free to go out and stand at a store and talk to consumers and hear it firsthand on what they're doing, what they think about the product, if they're interested, letting them try the product, and then just using that data to either, you know, learn from as you're about to grow um, or launch something. Um, or if you are on the other side too, where, you know, we live, we do both, but, you know, leveraging syndicated data, oh. we... It's so critical. It's been critical for us for gaining authorizations. It's critical for us to understand is what we're doing working and being able to course correct quickly. Um, and that actually goes into kind of my second point. And that's for, you know, smaller challenger brands like ours, leverage your size. You know, small is is big. And it's it, it really is an opportunity to lean into being scrappy, being nimble, making decisions quickly, being able to course correct quickly. Um, a lot of the bigger companies can't do that. They're just a bigger ship to, to move. And while there are so many advantages that they have that, you know, as you're a smaller brand, you're up Absolutely. against. But just, you know, really leaning into that and and adapting your strategy as quickly as you can if you see something that isn't working and, and letting the numbers really tell you where to go. Great advice. You mentioned syndicated data. Uh, for those of our listeners that aren't as familiar, there's major companies in our space that sell that data. Nielsen, IRI, two of the largest, um, they, and they provide good market basket data, consumer shopper data on, on stores, regional data, market data, etc. Now, do you use either of them, Lindsay? Or are you getting your data from another source? We use, yes, we use both of them. We use spins. Um, we, we kind of use it all. Um, <laughs> anything we can get our hands on, we're data hungry. So, so uh, it's so powerful. And it, it, you know, it really allows you to make sure we're always trying to make sure that we're, we're delivering value to our retailers as much as we are to our consumers. And the numbers, having that retail data really helps you make sure that you're doing that and you're, you're delivering that for them. Very, very cool. Um, that's great. I'm, that's, that's awesome. I'm glad to hear you're doing that and, um, and being data driven. Uh, you know, believe it or not, you don't always hear that. I get to talk to a lot of entrepreneurs and some of them, you know, it's more 
<laughs> it's not it's based on the data. Um, so it's pretty cool. Um, before we go, Lindsay, share with our audience where they can find you, connect with you, buy your product. Yeah, absolutely. Check us out on Simix.com. You can check our Instagram page as well. Um, Facebook, any of the social sites. We have a product locator on our website. Um, and like I said, we're available throughout the, the Midwest and Southeast and Northeast. Love it. You guys watch for Simix. It'll be coming uh, into your market if they're not there today. Lindsay Hickey, so great to have you with us. you got to come back on. Like You're still... I mean, you've been there for so long, I'll say, quote unquote, but then there's so much potential upside to your brand. It's going to be fun to watch and we hope you'll come back on and share more stories with us. I would love to. Thanks so much. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional ContenderCast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.